Hi, and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. We pray that God uses Dean and his guests to inform and inspire you about the EPC and how God is working in and through our global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian Churches. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you, Rachel Joseph, and thank you, my friends, for choosing to tune in with us to another edition of In All Things, a podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. We know that there are things that you could be doing with your time that matter a great deal to you and that you would prioritize a portion of that to spend with us is a gift, and it truly is. We really appreciate it. And as I travel around to different presbyteries and visit with different EPC churches, I frequently have people come up to me as happened to me just last week and say, oh, we listen to the podcast every week and we really appreciate it. And it always takes me back because we're a pretty low budget group. We don't do a lot of promotion. It's pretty word of mouth, but you're doing that for us. You're you're sharing it with your small group, with your elders, with your staff and pastors at your church, and, and perhaps with family and friends. And so liking us on social, sharing that word, getting it out there, you're a big part of the reason why this podcast not only exists, but why it has been blessed and is thriving so much. So thank you for tuning in with us again today. Today, we're building some momentum towards what would be our 100th edition of In All Things. We've been doing this for almost two years now, and today is episode 99. And really excited to have with us in the studio today, Richie Cable. And Richie is actually one of our very few return guests. And we have a special reason for why we're going to be welcoming Richie today. We've got two things we want to promote. And uh, Richie, it's just great to have you back on In All Things. Yeah, it's great to be back. All right. So we're going to get into what those two special things are in just one minute. But before you do, I would like to be able to say that today's episode of In All Things is brought to you by our church health gospel priority. Church health, we call it transformation. And a number of things that our church health ministry does to serve EPC congregations includes transitional pastor training, It includes evangelism training. And then there's a whole variety of services that are now put together that are all EPC created, including something called Refocus, which is an opportunity to come to a church and do kind of a a self-assessment and help the church learn more about how they are viewing themselves in terms of their own church health so that they can focus better. I've, I've heard it said, leadership experts have said, you get the results of what you've been aiming at. And if you want different results, then you have to do something differently. So if your church is healthy and you love where you are right now, you probably don't need to do much different. But if your church has areas to grow where it could improve its outreach to people in your community, as most of our churches, I think, probably all have space to do that, then something like Refocus is available to help you learn what those things are and how you could go about doing it. And to that end, our church health gospel priority has not only church health coordinators in each of our presbyteries who are pastors who have actually 
done these things in their congregations, but they're also in the process now of recruiting church health coaches. So each one of our churches, if it wants to have someone walk alongside of them, and this isn't an outsider, this is someone inside the EPC itself who gets our ethos, our culture, and can come alongside and sidle up next to a congregation and encourage them because healthy congregations create disciples who create disciples who go into the ends of the earth and make disciples. So today's podcast is brought to you by the gospel priority of transformation, in other words, known as church health. And that's one of the reasons why our guest is here today. He's in-house because we have a gathering of our church health coordinators from around the country. And Richie Cable has been a pastor for a number of years at an EPC church called Gashlin and is in a transition time right now, even though he's going to continue to work as the church health coordinator for the Presbytery of Mid-America. And so Richie, tell us about your transition And then maybe you could help people understand a little bit about church health, but then you have a new role that you're going to be serving in the EPC that I think our listeners will be particularly interested in. We'll land there at the end, but let's talk about your transition as a pastor for a number of years, you're feeling God's leading to now do what? Well, I went to Gashlin back in 2012. Prior to that, I was at an EPC church in Alexandria, Louisiana called Grace. And during my time there, we went through a church health revitalization effort. I was able to lead that as an associate pastor and had a sense call to church health revitalization. And so when I came to Gashlin, Gashlin had been through some difficulty. They left the previous denomination and had weathered a lot of storms and all of that. So When I got there, it was a church health revitalization effort. That's what I felt called to. And over the last 11 years, we've seen God bring strength back to the church. It's been really encouraging and powerful to watch and be a part of. And it just had a sense of completion that what the Lord had called me to do, I'd completed that. And I didn't do it perfectly, but I felt like there was a sense of my time there is coming to an end. And so I began to wrestle with a a call that's been on my heart really for the last about 25 years. A friend of mine put it once, you have a a sense of call to shepherd the church, but you also have a sense of call to shepherd the culture. And that really resonated with me because I've got this other side of my life of working in films and being a part of films, writing films, and trying to create films that come from a biblical worldview that engage with the culture and present gospel themes, present biblical ideas. And so that's part of what I'll be doing is trying to create space where I can take that on and try to tell stories that engage the culture. I think it'd be curious for folks to know, how did that come about? I mean, not every pastor creates movies sure. uh, and is into filmography. So yeah. where where did God plant the seed of that in your heart? Where did that grow and develop? Where did that come from? So my dad has owned an independent film company for the last 30 years. And so when I was growing up as a kid, I was the only one who knew how to type as things were transitioning into more digital, trying to capture things. So I ended up typing every script they had, and they had about 10 to 12 that I went through. And I just kind of fell in love with storytelling. And so literally being able to type someone else's stories kind of trained me in writing my own. And so that it's started kind of like that. learning how to read widely helps you become a, a potentially a better author, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that sort of wakes something up in you and you realize maybe you have a voice for that and you take in input from those things that form and shape you so that you find your own voice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so early on, I was telling stories that were just kind of entertainment kind of stories. But then uh, I went to 
Covenant Seminary and studied under Jerem Bars, who was a student of Francis Schaeffer, and he had introduced a lot of ideas just in general about how Christianity and the arts intersect and how you can engage the culture in pretty profound ways through that. A friend of mine captured it this way, that if you were to ask seminary students who's C.S. Lewis, you'd say, well, he's a theologian. If you were to ask little kids who is he, he's a storyteller. And that resonated with me in that I feel like both of those things are true. Shepherding of the church, the kind of teaching the Word of God week after week, but also the storytelling, which elevates some of those exact same truths and worldviews, but in a different way. I think we could dig down on this for a longer conversation, Richie, because I think much of preaching, for example, in the Western church has taken on a more scholastic view that's very distinctive from what might have been understood as a Hebraic sermon. I, I think Jesus might not recognize the sermon forms that we have developed mm. today. Not to say that they're bad. I yeah. mean, I, I have a doctorate in preaching. I mean, I've done it for a few years now. But I think a lot of Jesus's teaching, there was a lot of story there. And, and when you go into parts of the world like Sub-Saharan Africa, so much of the gospel is communicated through narrative. Mm-hmm. That this idea of, of re-engaging in our kind of what I would call biblical imagination and engaging people to really think deeply and not just kind of in a in a point-by-point linear didactic fashion, but in a kind of more comprehensive way. I just think that's a lost art in Western Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. I remember it was one of the best compliments I got, uh, at least for me, was a guy was leaving church one day and he goes, hey, your sermons have kind of a cinematic flavor to them. And what was touching to me was I thought back to the little kid typing up those scripts and how the Lord used even that to help me uh, preach through the Word of God in a way that uh, engages with people. So, right, yeah. right. Well, I think this is another one of my little diatribes, but I think the the cultural moment that we live in is such that many Christians are coming to grips with the fact that we're now maybe on the outside looking in. We're not the the people who are leading culture mm-hmm. as we may have been in years past. And for some people, that kind of a disconnect is very unsettling. It leads to fear. It leads even to anger. Sure. But I see an opportunity. I, I, I see in this kind of post-Christian moment that we live in now, uh, an opportunity for Christians to be more apostolic. And part of what that means is that we have the chance to be countercultural. Like we mm-hmm. can actually be the ones on the outside of the norms, making the things that challenge the culture, that engage the culture, and, and, and maybe even help shape the culture because we're kind of now in a countercultural position. Sure. But the challenge there is in order to be able to get a message out that actually speaks into the culture and brings the gospel, you have two tensions. On the one hand, you have to do something of high quality because the culture is not going to engage with you if it's not right. well done. But then you also have to have a message that they're able to hear without compromising uh, sure. the truth of it. And so that's got to be a, a terrific both excitement to, to, to jump out into this venture now at this stage in our cultural moment, but it also has to be a real challenge. Sure. I told my congregation this when I was finishing up. I filled them in on here's the next season of life for me. And I told them I don't have any desire to make Christian entertainment. To entertain Christians doesn't excite me. I have a huge desire to engage the culture. And so what you said resonates with me as far as much more Francis Schaeffer approach. I I think we've done enough entertaining Christians in the Western church. So, so, but engaging culture that grabs my attention. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And so I think that the quality piece 
can be intimidating because on one hand, they spend millions and millions of dollars, sometimes hundreds of millions creating films. The benefit though, is that there are tools now that there weren't even 10 years ago. And you can produce things at a fraction of what you used to be able to and make something that's good, make something that is uh, excellent. You also want to have good actors and actresses. You want to try to find people who have talent and skill and ability. And there's a lot of super gifted people out there that you can interact with and engage with. So I think the quality piece is certainly there. It's a challenge, but there's a lot of tools that are helpful. And then on the, the other side of things, trying to make something that it doesn't compromise. I find I actually love that piece of it because you're seeking to tell a story that captures the imagination, but also comes from the worldview that you write. So speaking of that, you have a movie coming out. So tell us a little bit about the the movie and when it premieres and how people could watch it and access to it. And just let's do a little uh, old fashioned promotion here all right, about all what's because right. what's, here you are moving into this new season of your life and it times nicely with the kind of rollout of this movie you've been yeah. working on for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called The Author. And if I'm speaking to Christian audience, I'm not bashful. I say, you know, it's really a story of God's sovereignty. If you want to know kind of the underlying current, that's what it is. But I want it to be accessible to all. So it's so really if you're a, a Christian coming in, you know that your worldview, as you said earlier, coming into this is that God is the author of mm-hmm. all things. But if you're not a Christian coming in, that wouldn't be like hitting you in the face right. or no, that. not at all. Not at all. And so it's just just the the elevator pitch is it's a, a guy by the name of James Harrison who has an accident. He wakes up in the hospital and as he is recounting his remembrance of the last several weeks of his life, it becomes clear to the doctor that something's off. And so the doctor prescribes him an assignment that's fit for an author. He says, I want you to write the last six months of your life. And as he's writing that six months, again, it becomes clear to the audience as well as to the other characters that his remembrance is way off. Is he imagining these things? Is this from some book he wrote? So there's a lot of a beautiful mind. I don't know if you remember that film with Russell Crowe, but it's got a beautiful mind. I say it's got kind of the heart of It's a Wonderful Life. It's got a little bit of charm there. One of the actresses was on American Idol. And so she wrote uh, nine songs that are original songs. And so it's got a music soundtrack that's really beautiful. It's amazing how a soundtrack really has a big role to play in terms of how a movie is carried. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was part of the quality deal too, is that the score, we had a guy with the Kansas City Symphony who went to our church and I started talking to him and he composed a full original score for it. And so uh, he's doing a the score for the next one we're filming here shortly as well. So Okay, that's super cool. I mean, yeah. I can just say, like, one of my favorite movies is uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah. Love that movie. And one of the things I love about it is I love the soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on that music. Yeah. And so when I hear, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival or something like that, it, immediately I can see scenes in the movie. So that close connection is super important. You mentioned that one of the people is from American Idol. Who are some of the other actors and people that are in there that are, are part of the author? Yeah, so... Cameron Stout is the the male lead, and he's uh, he's done a lot of smaller stuff and pretty big movies, some with Tom Hanks. You can find him online and see some of the stuff. But he was our our lead, Ashton Brooke Gill from American Idol, 
uh, season 19. She was the female lead. And then a good friend of mine, his name's Clint Harp, and he he's on a Fixer Upper. Which this is, is Clint Harp from the... HGTV. Uh, yeah, this is from the Chip and Joanna show. Yeah, right. yeah. So he, he and I were roommates back at Baylor, oh, and uh, he's done some acting. And so he was great. He came and joined uh, the cast for that. And then... Now I, you got my wife going. She's definitely go. going to the movie now that Clint's part of it. And, uh, and then uh, Kelly... Stuart, who is also a good friend of ours from Baylor, she's an actual author, but also uh, an actress. Mm. Or another another guy named Cameron Arnett uh, is also pretty big. A lot of people would recognize him. He was in Star Trek a long time ago, but then he's done some other stuff more recently. Um, but yeah, it comes out on November 7th. And Okay, so uh, it comes out on November 7th, yeah, so that's going to be really soon. Yeah. So where would people find it? How would they look for it? Yeah. How, um, tell, tell them how they could go and watch yeah, it. It'll be on Apple, Google and Amazon. And it had a theatrical release with Cinemark in Texas. Um, uh, Cinemark saw it, they wanted to pick it up. So they picked it up, uh, but this will be the streaming release on November 7th. So those are the platforms, Amazon, okay. Apple, and Google. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, we need to do more uh, promotional inside the EPC of getting that out. Maybe we could even get churches to consider having watch parties where they get small groups together and sure. and all watch it together. Because, you know, good entertainment that challenges you, makes you think, pulls you in, tells a good story, displays a biblical worldview in a way that is winsome. I mean, that's so sorely lacking uh, sure. today. And so I think it's a very timely gift. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So now, interestingly enough, you're working on another movie. You're always going to have things in the hopper, right, that you're, right. that you're working on. But in addition to your job as the church health coordinator for one of our presbyteries, you, you now have another side gig helping the entire EPC using these gifts. So tell us about your transition of work with the EPC. Yeah. Well, I mean, a huge desire of mine is to be a storyteller, to help other people tell their stories as well. And so when I think of the EPC, I've been a part of the EPC now for uh, 18 years as far as in a vocational role I uh, as pastor and an associate pastor. And then before that, uh, when we were at Covenant, we helped plant an EPC church. I wasn't on staff, but I was, it was my seminary mm. kind of training time was getting to be a part of that. And so I love the EPC. I love what it represents and uh, the ethos of it and helping get the story out of the EPC as well as the story of the gospel in ways that connect with the culture, that connect with the the family of the EPC is exciting to me. And so whether it's uh, things like editing the podcast, like we're on now, if it's a shameless self-promotion, there you go. This is the guy now who's (laughs) going to be behind the scenes trying to make me sound better. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So looking at social media and how we can utilize that to engage folks, the website, and we'll be having a a time here in the next month to dream a little bit of what does it look like? How do we want to engage being able to use film, video, that kind of thing. I was able to participate in the Bart Hess award video that was at GA. And so being able to help churches tell their story, help the denomination tell their story. And so I'm super excited about uh, being a part of that. So the official title, I think is digital content Digital content lead. lead. So, yeah. There you go. Okay. Very, very impressive. <laughs> well, and it's an area, Richie, as you know, that, um, you know, I think we've got a great story to tell. Absolutely. Obviously, it's God's story and, mm-hmm. and we're the grateful participants in it. And I think we've done a good job of sharing that story, but I think there's whole new avenues that we haven't explored that we need to explore. The digital space is certainly one of those things. And increasingly, generations respond to that story being told in the digital 
content. And so we need to really double down on doing that well. And I've had a lot of young leaders over the last three years tell me, hey, we really need to kind of focus more on producing good quality digital content that tells the story. So for example, I was at a Presbytery meeting just a couple of weeks ago and, and we're going to get this video sent in and you guys are going to have to work your, your magic around it, but cause it's, I think it was just shot on an iPhone, something sure. simple, but it's a, a young woman who learned how to do the three circles mm. and she was totally intimidated and and totally felt inadequate. And, and she shares about how she had to kind of get over her inhibitions of sharing the gospel with someone. And I think her story is so relatable. Like, as you hear it, you'll say, yeah, that's me. I'm not an evangelist. Like what they're asking me to do this. I can't do this. I feel totally inadequate Mm. to do this. So she's super honest and transparent about her own hesitations to do this. And then she kind of steps in and does it. And then the results are just unbelievable believable. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly a great story because I think people will be able to see themselves in it and they'll be able to realize that they too can be a witness for Christ. And this simple tool will help them do that. And you know, that as a church health coordinator, that that three circles thing really, (laughs) it helps. Yeah, It really does. So, uh, and it's a short video and we need to share that with others because I think it's a story that needs to be told. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, as we kind of close up here, Richie, any kind of words of encouragement that you have for our listeners in terms of what to expect down the road and, and what to lean into in terms of telling the story of the EPC or any appeals to them if there are stories that they would like to be told or anything like that? Because we're coming up on, I think this is the episode right before our big 100th episode, mm-hmm. which is going to be kind of cool. And we're going to have another church health coordinator, Mark Farrell from Florida and the Caribbean. He's going to actually flip the script and he's going to interview me. I'm going to sit on the other side of the table here in, in the in All Things Studios. But I think we'll be looking for additional content, obviously mm-hmm. going forward this next year. So any kind of shameless solicitation you want to put out there, because we're coming up on 20,000 downloads, I think. And considering we're a low budget in-house, basically meet in a closet organization here, that's not, that's not too shabby. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think if I were to make a shameless plug, I would simply say this, that early on as a communications team, we've created a, a webpage on the website and it is epc.org slash communicate. And there's a couple things there that I've highlight. One is that it's simply a way to help us uh, tell the redemptive story of Christ better, to be able to tell the stories of the individual churches and our people better. And so on that page, you'll find a handful of things. One of them I'll highlight is just that there's a place to say, hey, I've got an idea for the podcast. I got a book I wrote or a story I want to tell or, or whatever, but we've got that on there. So you can help us with just content and say, here are stories that might be helpful for the podcast. And then secondly, you can also just help us be more accurate in our portrayal as we communicate to the culture, as people come to our website and that kind of thing. There's a way to say, hey, this needs to be updated on the website or this looks inaccurate or or whatever. We've created a tool that streamlines that process. And so those would be the two things I would highlight. I think that the probably the biggest thing that I would say that was just a willingness for people to tell uh, the redemptive story of what Christ has done in their life. So where are the places, if people wanted to reach you, Richie, how would they do that? Uh, the best way, especially with the EPC, is the email address richie.cable at epc.org. And Richie's my mom's maiden name, so it's R-I-T-C-H-E-Y. And if you want to learn more about the movie, at theauthormovie.com. And uh, those are the two places right now to, 
kind of find out what's going on and, okay. to, and to connect with me. All right. So uh, friends, pass the word, the author dropping on yep. November the 7th, and it's going to be happening on a lot of streaming platforms like Apple, Amazon and Google yep. and Google. I think we have all three of those. So um, we'll, we'll be watching. I hope you will be watching. I hope you spread that around your church. Uh, maybe your small group wants to get together and watch when that does that. So go to the author Richie.cable at epc.org and learn more about telling that redemptive story as God works in and through the EPC. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, thanks for being here today, man. Yeah, Appreciate thank it. you. All right. Well, my friends, that concludes our conversation for today. I hope it uh, has stimulated some of your thinking and maybe even ignited some of your own biblical imagination for what does it mean to step into God's great plan and redemptive story and that you maybe are thinking about a story that you want to share that would be a blessing and encouragement to others, whether you're part of the EPC or part of the greater family of Christ, we would love to hear from you. As we conclude our time, as we always do, we want to end with that good word that comes from God's word, and it's what frames and, and helps us understand the context of why we do what we do here on In All Things, from Colossians 1, verses 15 through 18. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, my friends, and in him, that is in Jesus Christ, all things hold together. For He is the head of the body, the church. I hope that you'll join us the next time for our special 100th edition. Until then, my friends, until we meet in this way again, I bid grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of the entire team, please join us for our next episode. For more information about the EPC, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.